0: This is Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Marco Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along with us, will you please, on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. And guess what, Mitchell? YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report as well. Common theme, I think.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I'm sensing a whole Your Tech Report self serving theme, but I like it. It's good. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about E3 and how excited we all get for E3 and the new games and new consoles. But another theme, Mark, that we've talked about back and forth, it's a great showcase for accessory manufacturers. Now, we all know this year there were 15,000 extra folks in there that were, you know, paying for the first time, paying folks coming in to see the show. So there was a lot of humanity to navigate. And just even in general, Mark, a lot of these accessory companies, it's hard to stand out from the crowd. There are a bunch of people making different accessories for all the consoles. And yet there was a particular company that's, that stood out to me big time as I was watching the show floor. The company is Bionic. It's Bionic Gaming. They made some incredible accessories for all three major... Your consoles so to talk about what they're doing now and what they're doing in the future we brought in their marketing manager crystal dugan crystal thanks for joining us today
2: yeah great to be here
1: no we appreciate it. now before we start because we have a lot to talk about you guys have incredible stuff i want to know was i the only one or did you kind of get a, a lot of the same reaction from people that were really kind of blown away by your booth seeing the way you guys approach the accessory game the things that you were doing that were so different did people kind of have that holy cow reaction other than myself i know they did
2: So they really did and it's great because this is our very first time at E3 with Bionic so um, it was great to kind of see these wonderful reactions from everybody and you know the excitement from everyone for our product.
1: Now Bionic is kind of a new company, can you tell us a little about the company in the background?
2: Sure, so um, Bionic um, was started in uh, December of 2016, so not even a year old yet. Um, and so, the, again, like I said, this is our first E3, so it was really exciting. Um, really what we wanted to do was kind of make a brand that stands out and really um, just kind of figures out what gamers really need. So, you know, something that's really useful, you know? And so that's kind of the philosophy behind the brand. Um, Bionic, you know, by definition is, you know, assisting humans uh, through the use of technology. So that's kind of really what we're trying to strive for. and make some really unique things that people could really use to amp up their
0: game. You know, one of the things, Mitchell, because I'm in I'm in Montreal, Mitchell's in Los Angeles, so he gets to go to a, I think a, a few more events than I get to attend, unfortunately, but I love <laughs> his the way in which he describes the things that happen, and, and one of the experiences which led to, obviously, serendipity and, and you guys meeting was, he, he walked like the back alley, kind of, so, so to speak, and he went away from all the crowd to get away from it and to breathe, and he got Drawn to you guys By just the sheer build quality And accessories that you you create Now is that something That's done intentionally to attract those Gamers and just get them in and Make them never want to leave
2: It is and it's it's really stuff that They haven't seen before Like kind of stuff you almost didn't even know you needed But oh wow if I had that my game would be This much better you know So that's kind of what we're going for And that's really you know the attractive Qualities of the Bionic brand
1: no, absolutely. It was definitely a, it was definitely a combination, as you said, of necessity of filling a need, but actually, the it was the form and the function because the design ethic you guys use I, I've never seen before. Let's start off. You get there are three categories we're going to cover with you while we have you, and you know, we're going to talk a little about the PS4 accessories. We're going to talk about Xbox One. We're going to talk about the Switch. Uh, for this now, this really impressed me. You guys make a product, and I, I think it's coming out very soon called the Mantis for the PlayStation VR. Correct? Could you talk a little bit about what Mantis is?
2: Sure. So, um, if you've ever played the PSR, um, it's uncomfortable to use earbuds that come with it. Yes. Uh, I don't earbuds. You know, that's not my thing. And then to put oh, to put, you know, like a big headphone on, which is what I usually play with, is over ear headphones. Um, to put that on on top of the PS is it feels like your head is in a vice. So it's just kind of uncomfortable to have headphones on with this machine. So that was kind of something we saw as an opportunity. So what we did with the Mantis was made these clip-on um, earpieces. So you just you plug it in right where you would pl- plug in any of you know the earbuds or whatever, and you clamp these onto the top of the actual PS unit itself. Now, they're made and designed to look just kind of like the actual PSVR setup so that it's, it doesn't even look like there's a third-party piece on there. So it all looks like one unit. And the greatest thing is they're so lightweight, and they just kind of grace your like your ear and it feels so good because I have a really big problem with ear fatigue. But the I don't have that with these. Like it just very lightly touches your ear but it doesn't sacrifice the sound.
1: You, you know, Crystal Crystal, you mentioned something that really rung true with me and that is the issue that a lot of people a lot of gamers are very picky and very proprietary about their systems, right? And one of the things when it comes to third party accessories is a lot of these accessories reek of third-party. Do you know what I'm saying? They have the look. It doesn't quite match the design of the system itself or the platform itself, but that's the biggest compliment I can pay you, aside from the fact that, you know, they obviously sound great and they work, is they look seamless. They look exactly like they were made by Sony attached. It doesn't even look like an attachment. It looks like something that came with the PlayStation VR, and that's saying something for 3rd third th- third-party product. You don't usually see that kind of seamless integration, right?
2: Yeah, and so that's something we work really hard on. You know, um, we go through so many different samples, you know, to make sure that the color is just right. You know, if it's a little bit off, we don't like it. You know, we're not going to bring something out unless it really is cohesive and has the look that we really want, which is sometimes why it takes us so long to get some things out on the market. But at the same time, you're getting the quality product.
1: Absolutely. Now, when is the Mantis actually hitting market and what is the price point?
2: So the mantis will be out on August first. So yes. we've got a couple of weeks, and it will be forty nine ninety nine.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I know when I was at the show, your whole team was so great showing me around. I was like, when can I get my hands on this stuff? As soon as I saw it, I had to get my hands on it. So the Mantis we know will be coming out very soon. I now want to switch, and we're going to cover, like I said, all three. I want to switch to, I want to switch to the Switch. I could have just stuck right there, what you guys are doing (laughs) for the Nintendo Switch. And you guys had a product that really kind of blew my mind, because again, I've never seen a charging device that had a beautiful display screen built into it. And of course I'm talking about the power plate. could you, could you explain PowerPlate to our listeners? And again, for our listeners, by the way, that want to follow along, go to Bionic, that's with a K, gaming.com, and you can see everything that we're talking about. And so, Crystal, just talk us through a little bit about the plate.
2: Sure. So the power plate is actually one of my favorite things in our new Switch line. And it's just really cool. So you get this kind of, um, like you were saying, it has a display screen. And it serves as two different functions. It's super lightweight. It's a portable battery. So you can uh, charge either your Joy-Cons up to three times fully, or you can even charge the actual console itself on the go. So I I don't know if you've taken your Switch to go, but it it dies pretty fast, especially when you're playing a big game like uh, Legend of Zelda. So you don't get a lot of battery life. So this (laughs) is like the perfect solution to kind of take with you, it's lightweight, it plugs right in, you get everything you need. So you even get like a Type-C to Type-C adapter. So you don't even need to worry about bringing along extra cords it all goes in a little bag together and then what's really great is that a lot of people kind of complain about um the joy cons when you're using like a regular um the controller attachment you get with the switch it's still too small for people it is
1: it makes them too close together it's very uncomfortable right
2: it is very uncomfortable like i don't even use it i actually use the joy con separate because it was too uncomfortable so with the power plate when this comes out um, you can actually just use it as a regular controller too it makes the um the joy-cons far enough away that you're actually comfortable playing and they're getting charged at the same time
1: you know, something
0: that really interested me when it, when it came to the uh, the Nintendo line of accessories, and that was just, and, and it's so simple in its simplicity, was the gigabit Ethernet adapter. Now, when the Switch came out, we all kind of looked at it and saw the ports on the back and said, well, oh, what are these going to be used for? Because we didn't really know. And it's funny, because one of the only accessories I've ever seen being created for the Switch has been this this gigabit Ethernet connector. Does it really up the game that much?
2: So it does. So I'm very picky about when I game, um, I like to be wired. Wireless is, you know, it can be shoddy. And so people like to be wired. I always wire my, my systems. And that was kind of something really disappointing that the Switch didn't come with was an Ethernet port. So we created one. And there is one other one on the market, I do want to say, but um, it's white and it actually like hangs out of your system.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Oh. I did, that's why I didn't that's want to bring it That's not good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not. It looks messy, and it's not what you want. So we designed this one that will actually just—it'll um, just click right in the back into the USB port, and then um, you click the back up, and it's gone. It's it's hidden, and um, it automatically connects. So like you don't have to go into settings and set wired connection. And we've tested the um, connection speeds, and it's so much faster than the wireless. Like it was—I think it was like three times faster. Oh wow yeah so it's definitely worth it to kind of upgrade with an ethernet port on that piece and another really unique factor about that one is you'll kind of see these little grooves on the bottom so um the, the reason for those grooves is because um, when you put it in it actually kind of covers a little bit of where the fan is going to be so the ah. grooves the airflow so that your system doesn't overheat
1: you guys really do think of everything. You're not lying when you say you think about function and form. I mean, I, I, didn't, I never even thought of that. So now this yeah. this brings us. Yeah, I mean, this brings us to the third product in the Nintendo Switch line, and that is Tetra Power. And the thing is, I, and I, I had an issue where you know I bought. I don't know, Crystal. You have the same thing where I bought the two yellow Joy-Con, the new ones that came out, because I have two kids, and if they wanted to play Arms or whatever, I needed two full sets of Joy-Con. Well, the problem is only two charge on the side, as we know, and if I, if I don't happen to have, obviously, the power plate yet. The Tetra Power is basically... is, is How would I describe it? as a cylinder that you can almost attach four Joy-Con on, almost like a fan position. So it looks like a standing yeah. fan. So you can charge four Joy-Cons simultaneously, correct?
2: Yeah. So it's funny that you say that you reference the neon uh, yellow ones because I got yeah. two. Uh, <laughs> <it's awesome>. um, <laughs> so when I, I come in with my Joy-Cons, I was like, to my boss, I was like, hey... I need a Tetra now, (laughs) because it looks, first off, let me just say, the Tetra looks really cool. It does. It it matches the system really well. Like, it looks like it's supposed to be a piece of it. And then it just looks cool seeing all, like, the neon Joy-Cons kind of in that fan position. And then um, it has a built-in cable management system underneath, so you can kind of put it as far away or as close as you want to the system. And then, of course, it has the weighted base for more stability.
1: Oh, it, it's great, and it solves the issue with more Joy-Con than charging ability situation. Because right now, I have to basically swap my Joy-Con on and off of the system while it's charging to get this done. But when I have Tetra Power, it's not going to be an issue. Now, when is that one coming out?
2: So that one will actually be available in uh, mid to late August as well. So that one in Giganet.
1: I've got a kind of big
0: picture question for you, which is uh, we get a lot of questions about... You know, the process of creating accessories for different manufacturers. Um, is it a hard one to navigate in terms of getting things, you know, approved and making sure they work, et cetera, et cetera? How hard is that back-end stuff? I think people overlook the amount of work that really goes in to not only making these products, but making sure that they, you know, are, are approved to be used.
2: So, there is a lot of work that goes into it. So, the thing about us is that we are designing all of this. And some other third parties, they, um, it's just sourced goods, so it's things that are already made and they can put their own brand on it. But we don't do that. So everything is designed by us. So all those little things that we've thought of, is all from us. So it does take us a little bit longer to get things to market, but that's because we don't want it going out there without perfect you know, QC going yeah. on and kind of all those little benefits. Because we're really hardcore gamers here. And we know what the people want, so we're not going to release it until it's perfect. Even with down to the color, like we were talking about earlier, if it comes in and it's a different shade of gray, we don't want to do it. You know, like We want to make sure that every little thing from the way it works and, and the QC standpoint and the aesthetics, we want to make sure that all of that is right. But that, that is a little bit of why it kind of takes us a little bit longer to get things to market is just because we want the perfection for our customers.
1: If you just joined us, we are talking with Crystal Dugan. She is the product marketing manager for um, actually just I'm just going to use your regular title the marketing manager for Bionic and Bionic Gaming and uh, again we can not recommend enough going to the website that's bionic with a k gaming.com you can hear all the products we're talking about and again because they're so useful and they're designed so well you're definitely going to want to see them because you get an idea of what goes in to designing these great products crystal the last segment we want to cover of course is Xbox One and you've done something that I haven't seen anyone do before without selling you a brand new controller, and that is the new product called QuickShot. Kajin, I'm so glad you guys did this, and we'll get into why, but tell our listeners a little bit about QuickShot.
2: So the QuickShot. I'm not even an Xboxer, but I love this item. So <laughs> basically, so I'm sure you've heard of the Elite Controller that retails for about 150 Oh, One yes. The people, a lot of the reason people buy that is because it's got these really good grips, and then you also have a trigger lock system, which uh, when, when in use makes it a shorter distance to fire so you can get your shots out faster in first-person shooters. Yep. So for $20, bucks, we have made a product that you can um, clip onto your regular Xbox controller, and it gives you those really good features. So, um, and we have actually had people tell us even it's better than the actual quick shot um, compression. Like it's faster. It's a little bit shorter distance, so it's faster. So, um, but, and it's got this great grip. I love just the grip itself. Like, it really, it really helps, like, if you kind of get a little bit of clammy hands when you're gaming and stuff. That's, like, not an issue. You know that happens.
1: (laughs) You know, I don't want to out myself as a clammy-handed gamer, Crystal, but since you have, I can say it's nothing to be ashamed of.
2: It's not and both <laughs> gamers I know have the same issue, so we're all in it together.
1: <laughs> we're wearing it with pride. And just to just to follow up, Mark, and I know you know about this and for our listeners that, you know, are not yeah, maybe, maybe not as big of gamers as some of our listeners are, some are not. Uh, if you're a gamer and you start to become more competitive, obviously what Crystal's talking about, when you're pulling the trigger, if you're playing a game like Overwatch or Call of Duty and you're starting to get more competitive, that length of distance of the trigger, what they call trigger throw, becomes a big deal because the shorter, you know, the quicker that you can do it, the more kills you can get. And a lot of gamers, their only option, Crystal, you know this, was either getting the Elite Controller for the Xbox or another manufacturer like Scuff who makes, you know, who makes controllers for pro gamers that you can customize but that was the only way to get this sort of control. But now you're saying for twenty nine dollars people can get the clip on version and they can customize their own controller, right?
2: It's actually only twenty dollars, so it's nice.
1: 90- so, oh my god, I was making it yeah, oh, that's, know, incredible. Even better, that's incredible.
2: That's right? incredible. And uh, it comes with the tool to do it. It takes less than five minutes to replace the piece and it and then again it looks like it's part of the controller.
1: Wow. So. And this is out now. People can get this now?
2: that's available now either on our website or Amazon has it too and I believe it's coming into GameStop stores soon as well
1: uh, my one of my favorite place is to be my wife just walks away and leaves me there but you know what it's know. okay <laughs> it's, it's a happy place and I don't mind that so if you just joined us once again we are talking with Crystal Dugan The company is Bionic Gaming. They make some incredible accessories. I saw them at E3. This is not just something, a talking point. We're not being paid, or it's not an advent. I went there. I was really impressed by what they're doing. And if you go to the website, bionicgaming.com, again with a K, you will see their incredible lineup of products. We have Tetra Power. We have Quickshot. We have Mantis. And of course, I can't wait for the power plate and the Duo, which actually gives you two of those charging plates you talked about. Crystal, you guys have so much going on, and I know that you guys are going to continue to innovate, and I I even left out. Out, you know the Gigabit you know attachment for the for the switch. Will you come back on the show as you guys get more products out, and maybe as we get closer to release, come on again. We can talk about all your new stuff.
2: Of course, this has been fantastic, and I'm glad you guys really understand kind of what we're trying to do here, and you know how. You know, important it is with all these little aspects of what gamers really like.
1: We appreciate as gamers, we appreciate it. And uh, uh, please, again, thank Matt for making this happen. We're looking forward to having you guys on a lot more and getting our hands on the products.
3: There's more your tech report after this. This is your tech report. Welcome
0: back to your tech report. I am Mark Flallow. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Please follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, email us, Mitchell. Contact at your and our YouTube channel. Youtube.com slash your tech report.
1: Yeah, I like the Your Tech Report theme. You can't say that name enough for me. I just can you say it one more time? Uh, your Tech Report. Thank you. I love you. It's a little self-serving, but you know we've been covering a lot of different technologies, and people don't realize the technologies that are built into different products. And one of the product categories we've been we've been covering lately is bicycles. Right now, of course, there's a whole big segment of people that love e-bikes, but it does a bike doesn't have to be an electric bike with an electric motor. You can still have a classic, regular human-powered bike that is packed with technology and packed with cool features. And Mark, you sort of turned me on to this company called Van Hawks. And I saw what they were doing, how they mixed a traditional road bike with some fantastic technology. And you reached out, I believe you reached out to the co-founder. And we have him on the show with us right now. He is joining us right now, Soheb Zahid, the founder of Van Hawks. Soheb, thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: So, hey, can you give us some background on the company? I know that the the Valor, which is the bike that we're going to talk about, started as a Kickstarter campaign back in 2014, and you've been delivering for quite some time now. But how did the concept come to be?
4: Uh, The concept actually came out of a need for myself when I was living in a small town called Thunder Bay, and I was going everywhere on a bike. Uh, But being a small town, it was motor town and transit, transit wasn't really great so I was always scared of the cars around me and I talked to a couple of my friends and they said that you know we know about a better route to go around and I said why can't we create a platform which can be part of the bike which, which can actually guide me through the city and tell me what's going on around me and tell me the safer smarter routes and that's how the whole concept came together.
0: Now, when you first obviously brought this you know, to the attention of a couple of friends of yours, et etc., cetera, et cetera, how long did it take before you had a prototype with some of the features that you had in mind?
4: Uh, we started talking about uh, the concept in 2011, but we really didn't come together in the summer of 2013 when we all dropped out of uh, colleges and universities and started working on it. And we had our first prototype when we started working on it, uh, August 2013, I believe. And we had a minimum viable product by January twenty fourteen. So it did take us some time.
0: Now it's funny, one of the things that when I when I got the email and I saw the Valor, which is the bike that we're gonna talk about, the thing that really blew me away was just the the look and the design of this of this bike was absolutely Gorgeous. I mean, it Thank looks. You so much. Yeah, it, it looks. It's so sleek. In which, uh, it, just the whole design, it looks absolutely beautiful. And then when you dig deeper and you realize how much technology is actually in it, you're like, where, where is all that?
4: Yeah. So uh, when I started designing the bike, I, I wanted to make it touch people's heart and soul. Um, so it really speaks back to the consumer. And we didn't want to make it a Frankenstein-looking bike, which shows all the gadgets and vessels on it so we hit it very elegantly inside the bike in the handlebar uh, because that's also one of the best places for us to service if anything goes wrong we just swap the bar uh, back uh also a great place for ha- uh, to have the compass and the, the headings inside um, so yeah uh, our first and foremost uh, focus was to build a product which actually speaks to the consumer it's elegant and it's beautiful and we really paid attention to detail on this bike.
1: So, Heb, I mean, like you said, you look at it aesthetically, it's absolutely magnificent. And as we talked about a lot of great products, the technology lives in the background. You're first struck by the actual aesthetic of it. And the tech that is in there is pretty stout, though. I mean, talk a little bit how about how you integrate navigation through the lighting system so people really don't have to take their eyes off the road.
4: Absolutely. The whole idea was to keep you safe and distraction-free. So we actually went back to basics and said, look, uh, the SOS signal is done through light. The lighthouse signals the ships through light. Why can't we use a system like that to guide and navigate people in the city based on light? It's a very simple system. So we built three LEDs in the handlebar, which actually communicates back with our routing engine as well as the mobile application and the cloud. And it actually guides you in the city based on what you input into the mobile application and... Your phone stays in the pocket. Now, let's say the next turn's coming up is a left turn. The left side of the LED will light up. And as you progress and reach near the turn, the second and the third LED will start to come on as you reach near and near and near. And eventually it will start to blink when you're 20 meters away from the turn along with a haptic feedback that is built into the handlebar.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So people can feel the vibration as an additional cue to the visual light. Now, just so we understand, is the GPS signal coming through a connected device? So it takes the GPS from your smartphone and integrates it into the bike, yes? Uh,
4: the bike itself has a GPS built in. But, oh, wow. Uh, because there is uh, a cold start of around 20 seconds. So for that period of time, we throw you back on the smartphone to acquire the GPS from one of the cell phone towers and lock your position and then the bike takes over ultimately. So it's it's a lot better signal, especially if you're riding in downtown Toronto or a city like New York, Manhattan, where GPS signal is very hard to get to. The bike GPS is much stronger than the one in the phone. So so it it, it lets you keep on the track um, uh, <clears throat> more. Efficiently than the one in the uh, in the phone.
0: Now, obviously, technology like this requires some kind of battery to keep things going. Um, to tell us about how you're powering the technology and how that recharges itself.
4: So we wrote uh, a proprietary power path uh, uh, in, in the bike itself. Uh, it has a battery inside, uh, which is uh, typical of a cell phone, around 3,300 milliamp hour. Uh, but there's also a range extender uh, built into the front wheel uh, as a dynamo hub. So if you're a regular rider and ride every day, you probably might not have to charge your bike very often. Uh, but if you don't charge the bike at all, then the battery will last you about a
1: of time. One of the things that I love that you've done <laughs> with this product is you've, you've not just obviously created a product, you created a community for riders. You created a database for riders that they can share information. And one of the really cool things that I'm reading about right now is, is it true that when people are riding on their bikes, uh, when they're riding on their Valor, It can actually map through Google Maps where the potholes, where the bad terrain is, so you can share that information, sort of crowdsource that information for other riders. Is that right?
4: Absolutely. So that was one of the ideas, to build a social, localized engine, which is based on feedback from the riders on the ground, as opposed to uh, the cities giving us the data or Google giving us the data. So we're taking all that data back right from the bike and plugging it back into our routing engine to suggest you routes which are safer, which are smarter, and uh, which are just better than uh, what maybe Google or any other routing engine will give you. Now, we're in the works at this point. We're using it as a beta right now. But we're doing a full out launch to to everybody uh, later in the fall to use this routing engine.
0: This is what's interesting about this platform is that using a companion app allows you to innovate in software and add different features on the software side of things that will enhance the experience. What kind of enha- what kind of, you know, if if we look at from launch till today, what kind of enhancements have you guys offered down the road and, and any ideas for what kind of future growth you might see?
4: Yeah, so the beauty is that it the bike updates itself over the air. So when we started, we gave very basic stuff in terms of just ride tracking and as we develop new new software and push the updates, we added the automatic lights uh, to the bike we added the automatic trip tracking to the lights we added uh, automatic understanding when the person is stopped at a red light versus uh, the trip is ending and in the future we are looking in integrating it with the home kit so you know uh, your lock or your thermostat knows when you arrive at home and things like that. Your garage can
0: open when you get near, et cetera,
4: et cetera. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are the things that we can add to the bike in the hardware side as well as push it on the application side.
1: You know, you know, there are a couple of things that I've noticed about the bike itself. The two things that stand out to me. Number one, you managed to keep the weight down, right? Because when people think about, you know, obviously weight becomes an issue with bikes. People like to keep their bikes on the lighter side. It's packed with all this technology, yet the weight, I mean, I think that maxes out of what, around 27 pounds if you have the largest model, but it starts at around 16 pounds. So you did manage to cut weight, yet keep all these features involved.
4: Absolutely. So we actually made the bike out of... Uh, specialty carbon fiber. It is not your regular um, or highly engineered uh, aerodynamic frame. This frame is actually built for commuting, and we built it in a way to, to absorb shocks on the road, have a better road compliance, as well as able to keep the weight in a category which is, you know, manageable. You're able to pick up the bike, walk up the stairs. So it starts at 16 pounds, Um, But the weight really goes up because of uh, an internal gear hub in the back, uh, which is uh, a little over 7 pounds. But the experience in that hub is amazing to go uphill or downhill because it's based on cadence and not on gear system. So you can shift 60% on a dead stop without even paddling. So if you are in a hilly city and uh, you have a lot of stop and go, then that is the best
1: experience on a bike that you can have. See, and you just you just naturally led me to my next question, or my next real statement, or my observation about the bike, which is, you know, again the uh, the mindset of the average consumer well okay if it's just, if it's high tech bike what kind of great bike features but you're saying the gearing system you have a high end bike on its own here even without the great technology like GPS so i guess the question is how do you manage to keep the price down so well cuz the uh, the starting price uh, for the Valour is what 1299 absolutely and you have this full-featured bike on its own with all the technology built in. That's a pretty good deal when you consider everything that you're getting.
4: That is a remarkable deal. I think we're very competitive in the market. Um, the way we managed to keep the price down is through our supply chain, um, direct uh, manufacturing, as well as we took the middleman out. You know, there is no manufacturer to distributor, to retail, to consumer. We are going directly to consumer. So we're, we're, we're taking two steps out, and that's how we're able to translate and you know, transfer the savings over to our customers.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that obviously you're you're a company that's based in Canada, so you're you're based in Toronto. One of the things I noticed on the website is that uh, you have a test ride in Montreal feature right now. I happen to be in Montreal, and you're gonna, you actually bring the bike to people's office place or homes to actually test it out. That's pretty cool.
4: We just started actually. We we were getting so much requests from people of, of about test riding because it's such a strong community that we build. A lot of our riders actually reached out to us and said, look. We know the bike. We have been using the bike, and we love to take it out to show it to people. So we set up a couple of people around, and now we're actually bringing the bike to you. That's so cool. That's really we're, cool. We're starting in a couple of cities, and uh, we're going to expand it uh, across North America.
0: So, what is the availability right now? If someone went to the website and ordered uh, ordered a custom bike today.
4: Anywhere from three to five days.
0: Oh, brilliant! wow <laughs> oh brilliant i love that I, you know what i love that i love the fact that you're a, a great kickstarter success story because we've heard you know people tend to focus on the negative ones and this is a great one and you're built in canada so it's uh, all in all this is an incredible story i can't wait obviously to get some time with the bike itself so i can really get an experience and and do some video work for our listeners and uh, i wanted to thank you for taking the time to join us because we're really excited about van hawks and, and especially the valor
3: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at your techreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of your tech report. And
0: we invite you to follow along with us. On Twitter is at your techreport facebook.com slash your tech report. Check out our YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash your tech report. And of course, email us. Contact at your techreport.com. I am Markaflalo in Montreal. As always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, how are you feeling?
1: Smack in the middle of summer. you know, I, I'm feeling great. I just the thing that drives me crazy, and maybe this is tech related, although we we're not going to get into the technology of weather, but I will tell you everyone talks about the West coast of North America, in particular, having a nice dry heat. Yeah, and that's not true. Maybe it was very maybe it was true about, you know, twenty something years ago when I moved here from New York. But I got to tell you, every year it gets more humid. It gets tired, doesn't it? The humidity it? <laughs> here is—I mean, listen—it's relative. It's not like New York or Montreal where you can reach 100% humidity, right? And even 80, to 90 degrees feels very warm. But it's very moist outside, so I'm going to stay indoors until the moistness goes away. That's a great album cover, uh, album title. So the moistness goes <laughs> away. Moistness Sounds goes a little appropriate, away. right? <laughs> uh, we've got an awesome show
0: lined up for you guys this week. Uh, this week we're going to talk to a very cool company based in Toronto called Van Hawks. They have a very cool smart bike. This is not an e-bike uh, per se. Uh, well, there's no assistive kind of uh, driving here, but it is, a, it is a smart bicycle that is very cool. I think you're going to want to get your hands on this one. Um, plus, a very cool company that Mitchell, you had opportunity to uh, to meet, uh, Bionic.
1: Oh, yeah. that's, that's I mean, if, if you're a gamer and you uh, have any need for third-party accessories, and let's face it, all of us do, you're going to be blown away by what this company is doing. They're really cool. They're really different. They're new. And I think people are really going to dig it.
0: So some interesting news this week. It's we're kind of in this like midsummer lull, I guess you would say. This is where all the rumors continue to spill out about Apple and the new iPhone. Uh, plus, we see some small launches here and there. Next week, we're actually going to talk to ASUS, talk about all their products because we're kind of mid-cycle, I guess, so to speak, before some of the summer launches. Although we expect to see a Samsung Galaxy Note 8 in the coming weeks, towards the end of August. Are you excited for that one, or I'm, do you think really it's excited. kind of tired?
1: No, no, no. I don't think it's tired at all. I think this is, you know, obviously the the Note has been on hold since the fiasco with the whole battery thing with Samsung, which did a lot to damage them financially, and I think, of course, a little bit reputation-wise, but more specifically the reputation of, of that, of the Note line itself. So I'm very glad that Samsung didn't give in to convention and just decide to cancel that line altogether. I'm glad it's coming back. They've traditionally been great devices, Mark. I mean, you've used them, aside from that snafu they have with the batteries and the whole, you know, blow-up phone thing. It's been a great line, so I'm excited to have it come back. I think it's going to be stronger than ever, and I think you can pretty much be confident... They will not have another battery issue like that anytime soon. No, definitely not
0: anytime soon. Uh, So Apple is in the news this week for a couple of things, Mitchell. They released their their quarterly earnings, which are skyrocketing. I mean, off the charts. So I mean, in in every aspect, Um, they they can't keep up with demand for the AirPods, which is something that I found a bit surprising. I thought that demand would have been ramped up for that. But one of the things they were in the news for this week, and this is one of those things that you know we try not to talk about rumors, but um, they accidentally released the firmware and development SDK for their new speaker, the HomePod, kind of accidental, but also in like part of the, the iOS development program. And in it, I mean, developers are hounds. They look for absolutely every reference to anything. They found a little screenshot, a little icon of what the new iPhone is going to look like, and it supports every single leak we've seen to date in terms of this full screen with a small little divot on the top for all the sensors. So, I mean... It must suck as a company to to accidentally release something like that.
1: Well, I I was going to say, I think a lot of our listeners, they might not be familiar with the fact that, look, we we talk about how products connect with each other and talk to each other. And when you manufacture, like Apple has multiple products, they have to make sure there's compatibility that all their products can work together. So as Mark said, when a product is released, if the developers, and like you said, Mark, this is a community that's incredibly savvy, they can go into that code and pull out individual lines of code and see what supported products are going to be compatible with that device. And when they did so with the HomePod, you know, firmware that came out, they saw a List of not only the products that are supported, but how they are supported, what 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 is actually part of the user of the user interface, what's on the chip. And these are things that I mean listen, the average person wouldn't know what to do with something like that. A coder, completely different. They were able to pull apart what's what hardware is in the new iPhone. I mean, it, it is incredible. And you have to be careful. But then again, at the same time, I mean, is it that is it that bad a thing for Apple for this to be released? I mean, we're not exactly talking about the phone being left in the bar, as what was at the iPhone 4 yeah. before that happened. That yeah. Thing. But again, did that hurt the sales of that product? So it sort of makes you wonder, are they are they preventable leaks? Or are they leaks that they don't mind if they get out? Because at the end of the day, really, we're talking about the phone and we're talking about the excitement about what this phone could or could not have. Not necessarily a bad thing for Apple.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think it's kind of cool. I, I mean, we also saw the reinforcement of a couple of features that were again rumored to be out there. But we're talking about things like uh, a facial recognition that'll work in virtual darkness, um, as well as the whole form factor of the phone, which is going to be kind of cool. So you know, we're we're nearing that. I mean, September is typically the time when they have a media event and they announce the device with a release date kind of towards the end of that month. Some people are speculating that it's going to be pushed maybe till October, but I think that uh, we're going to see a very very nice a nice Christmas for Apple when it comes to the New phone, whatever they might be calling it.
1: Uh, one quick thing here: Are you? I know we haven't talked about the HomePod and that. Atrocious name, but is this a product that you think? I mean, is it going to be one of these things where we're like Pavlovian dogs, where they ring the apple, rings the bell, and we buy the product regardless of need? Are you gonna? Are you? I mean, I know we're going to review one, but is this something you're going to keep and have as part of your personal kit? Because at first I thought no, but as I'm thinking, you know, why not? It looks like it's going to be a great speaker. I don't <laughs> know if I'll be able to help myself.
0: You know, as you said, we'll definitely get one. We'll buy one for ourselves to review it. Yes. As for whether or not I'll keep it, I'll probably keep it, whether I use it as much as I use, you know. Amazon Echo, I, I don't know. I really, I don't know. It depends on the yeah. feature set and how well and how tie, how tied in it is to the uh, iOS ecosystem. But I'll tell you, my Amazon Echo is very well tied into my home and everything. You know, she turns on lights, she opens doors, unlocks everything, sets my thermostat, so it's going to be hard to replace that. However, as, as we talked about on previous shows, the fact that Apple has this global footprint that Amazon just doesn't have for the Echo line itself, I mean, it, it's nowhere else except for the US. It's still not in Canada, probably for linguistic reasons. It's not out of it's not out of the U.S. anywhere, whereas Apple's going to launch this thing in multiple countries from the start.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be a big Oh, by the way, a little, little side note on Alexa. Yeah. Every once in a while, to make my friends laugh, I'll, uh, I'll say, oh, look at how smart Alexa is. I'll say, who is Mitchell Whitfield? Mitchell Whitfield is an American actor. And they you know, everybody get its kick out of it, and then they think it's kind of sad that I make her say that. But she recently updated we, me with an American actor and an American voice actor. Oh, well, that's, so, that's so, so smart she's really, I, I think, yes, yeah, she's really encompassing my entire career. That's so nice. And, uh, she's you know, learning. She's kudos evolving. to you. Yeah, she's, invo- she's evolving like my career is evolving. So bravo to you, Amazon, for making her know who I is.
0: Tesla officially released. I mean, they delivered the first 30 production models of the Model 3 this past weekend. Elon Musk was, of course, the first person to get his hands on on that car. I'm not sure how he's going to be able to drive all his Teslas at the same time. I guess autonomous driving, he can just, you know, follow me when I'm on the road. Um, and he can do that. Uh, your first impressions? I mean, we finally see the specs and the pricing. I think it's it's definitely in line with what we expected. But it's a beautiful car.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous, and you know my takeaway was even at the base model, and the base model of thirty five thousand, and once again thirty five thousand before incentives from wherever you know wherever yes. wherever you live in North America. Yeah. So you know the, you know the different different even different states have different incentive programs that could bring the, the price down all the way to 275, which is still pretty amazing. Uh, I came away my my takeaway was, and if you watch, I don't know, there's some great YouTubers. Marquez Brownley is a great one who actually talked about getting to drive one during the day, which not not a lot of people got to. do. Yeah. Some people just got to ride along. He got to drive it. It's a pretty loaded beast for thirty-five thousand. They have two versions: the thirty-five thousand and the forty-four thousand dollar version. The main difference being zero to sixty is faster on the more expensive one, and the range goes from I think about two twenty to three ten. So for the extra nine thousand dollars and change, you are getting a faster uh, car with longer range. But in terms of bells and whistles, they both come pretty loaded. Mark, the one thing I didn't know that was that on the thirty-five thousand dollar model, I think it's the same for both. There are different packages that you can buy. They, don't, they try to make them option-free as much as they can so they can have production increase, not have to worry about breaking down production to different types of the car yeah. to keep production going. Uh, but if you want that true autonomy, the true autonomous driving experience, that doesn't come out of the box. I think no. that's going to be an extra five or $10,000 to the base model to get the true autonomous driving. A little bummed about that, but everything else, creature comforts, performance, the look for 35,000 there might not be a better car on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean out of all the reviewers um the the I mean it's unanimous people are saying that this car has absolutely no competition to what's out there now and I think that, that that's the case and I think other automa- automobile manufacturers really have to play catch up on this one. Microsoft announced a very cool product. Um, we're heading back to school now, you know, back to school in about two, three weeks from now, believe it or not. Um, right. They launched a new Surface Plus program uh, kind of copying the, the iPhone upgrade program, allowing you to get into a Surface um, for a couple years with uh, upgrade ability after 12 months, depending if on, on the length of the plan but you can get into a brand new Surface for as low as like 20 bucks a month. I think that's really cool not only for businesses but I think that's really cool for students too
1: I think, again, that's something that they had to do. We talk about how Apple has had to be responsive to the marketplace recently, a position that they're not familiar with, although recently they become familiar with. I think this is something that Microsoft is having to do right now as well, because, you know, say what you will about iP- iPad versus, you know, Surface, uh, you know, they're two different products, but it, the, the mind share is similar enough to, I think, consumers right now. And let's face it, Apple has a sub $400 iPad that people can grab and take to take to school, take to work. Again, not the same product that uh, Microsoft Surface is a full-blown computer, but I think they had to to do something to reduce the price since since Apple's done a pretty good job of differentiating price points with their iPad line. So smart smart move by Microsoft.
0: It is Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Aflalo. Still to come on this week's show, Van Hawk's a very cool company from Toronto is going to talk about their smart bike. Plus, we're going to speak to a very cool gaming company called Bionic. There is more to come right here on Your Tech Report. Follow along on Twitter. It is at yourtechreportfacebook.com slash yourtechreport. And don't forget that YouTube channel youtube.com slash yourtechreport. Back in a moment.
3: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com.
0: Or follow along on Twitter. It's at yourtechreport. How about Facebook? Facebook Facebook.com slash your Tech Report, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. Our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. Mitchell Whitfield. Yes. Still an awesome show lineup. Van Hawks, a very cool company from Toronto. Very, very smart, cool, smart bike. We're going to be talking to them. And of course, Bionic. Next week on Your Tech Report, we are going to speak to Asus of North America to talk about their complete product lineup. They've got like a mid cycle, very fresh, very cool products we're going to be talking to. You and a, a very cool company called Skyrocket. Which you had an opportunity to play with their latest game at uh, Comic-Con, right?
1: Yeah, Recoil was incredible. It's a combination of uh, laser Laser tag tag, meeting augmented reality meets live action video. It's it's like nothing you've ever played, and I think it's going to be a huge, huge hit for Skyrocket.
0: So if you head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash yourtechreport, you'll see one of the latest videos that we posted uh, was kind of a follow-up to the interview we did with Lithium Cycles. They promised to actually come to Woodland Hills and, and show you their Super 73 bike and, and uh, the Rose Ave, and, and they did. How was that? How was the experience? I mean, I know the video gives us a glimpse, but I'm curious. You were there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, again, I I encourage people to go to youtube.com/slash/yourtechreport and check it out. It's really that's the beauty of being able to supplement what we do on the radio side with the visuals that we have available, you know, to share on YouTube. It's sort of a nice marriage of those two things. Um, First of all, a, a huge thanks to not only. Uh, Michael Canavo, the co-founder of of Lithium Cycles, but the whole team, because Michael was able to drive up from it. And listen, that's about an hour and a half to a two-hour drive just to get to me. And he came up by himself, he brought the original, his own original Super 73, his own... And and then a prototype, and again, we're not going to see the the Rose Avidish edition, edition, you know, the, the Scout Rose Avidish edition until later in the year, the real production version. So the, he brought a prototype with him just so I can experience it, just so I could share it both on the wow, YouTube side so cool. and on the radio show. And the instant takeaway, Mark, was you really don't get an idea of how incredible these bikes are. Until two things, until number one, you get to ride one and see just how much fun it is to have the wind blowing through what's left of my hair, (laughs) Um, having complete control of this. The the acceleration is off the charts great. But then you get to see the reaction mark of people that actually see you on these bikes. And this is why I'm I'm so jazzed for this company, because you talk about a product that sells itself. There's not a person that sees either the Rose Ave edition, the original 73 or the new Scout. And doesn't say, oh my God, what is that? How can I get one? The design ethic, you know, that it it harkens back, of course, to that '70s dirt bike. You get on this thing; it's really well balanced. It's it's like a tank. It's built like a tank. It's incredibly well made. I didn't miss the fact, Mark, that this doesn't doesn't have a you know suspension built in. Yeah. Like you know, like a bicycle. But then again, it's not like a bicycle. It's an electric motorbike. You know, and I think because it has that big thick motorcycle or motorbike-esque seat, it had the big thick tires. These did a great job of offsetting any bumps in the road that you come across. Didn't feel anything. It was a perfectly smooth ride and and just the and again, the acceleration on these guys just incredible. I mean, you saw, I mean, you saw the videos. You've seen the videos. I mean, what do you think? I mean, are you do you think that the general public will be as jazzed about oh, these God, bikes yeah. as I am just because of the nostalgia and the technology built in and how cool it is to drive?
0: Well, that's why I was curious to ask you about it because, you know, we, I see the bike and obviously I saw you guys talking about it in the video that we produced and uh, I was just curious really about how it felt to ride. You know, a suspension, I, you know, I never rode a bike with a suspension. I don't really care about a suspension on a bike. Right. But when you're using the actual, the, the electric element of it and it's propelling you, you know, is is it, is it powerful enough to go uphill? Um, how fast were you keeping up with traffic? Um, did you feel like, you know, sometimes I get on an you know, electric scooter and I'm like, okay, this is a bit too fast. So you have to get right, some time right. to get used to it. But <clears> did <throat> you hop on and like instantly like, okay, this is a bike. This is cool. And, and then kick the engine in and you're like, oh, wow.
1: I, I felt instantly comfortable to answer that question. I was instantly comfortable. And I, I normally do not ride my, e-bike, in my e-bicycle in the street with traffic. I felt very comfortable riding the Super 73 and the Scout Rose edition in traffic on Ventura Boulevard. I had no problem keeping up. Acceleration mark, it's really cool. <clears throat> Obviously, with the original Super 73, we're talking about a 1,000-watt motor versus the 500-watt motor on yeah. the Scout Rosav edition. Uh, and I keep saying a dish like I'm so cool. Um, <laughs> and I thought that coming from the original Super 73, well, it's going to be a little disappointing because I'm going to I'm I'm coming from one that has a 1,000-watt motor. I'm getting on one that has 500-watt motor. I got to tell you, yes, the the Super 73 is more powerful. It's also twice the price at $3,000, but I did not miss it. I still had such great acceleration with the Rose Ave edition. No problem going uphill. No problem keeping up with traffic. No problem accelerate, and the acceleration is powerful yet smooth. You don't feel like you're going to get jerked off the bike yeah, as soon as you okay, as soon as you hit the throttle. And so the power is distributed very cleanly, very very evenly. Yet you still feel like you have a lot of pull to keep up, to catch up. Yeah, and, and it was in, it was incredibly easy. And again, all the little touches they have on that Rosav edition. Uh, you know, you have the beautiful big LED headlight, the brake lights that coincide with actually using the brakes day or night. Everything was really smartly designed. And it just looks great. That that black matte finish they have going on there, the Roseav you know branding on there. Everything about it worked great. And I, you know, kudos to them for putting out something for everyone because they knew as as, as successful as the original Super 73 was, Mark, they knew that not everyone, it isn't that everyone didn't want one. Everyone of course wants one. Not everyone has $3,000 out-of-pocket disposable income. So yeah. they went and they did the Rose Ave edition, which right now I think up until, uh, you know, I think up until, depending on when you're listening to this, up until I think August 10th, they were selling it for uh, what was it? I think you know, thirteen ninety nine. Then it goes up to sixteen ninety nine. So they're they're also making giving you incentive to get in early to take your delivery and get in early. So and there's something for everything. Even the Scout edition comes in at sub one thousand dollars if you get in now to buy the to buy the bike, the e bike, the motorbike, I should say. So I, I was really impressed by Michael, a great guy, young guy, so successful at a young age. I was like, good for you, man. The company I think has a huge bright future. As he said, they started out in the electric cart business. And this was just done as a fun side thing for them. Well, yeah. that fun side thing has blossomed into something that I think is going to be absolutely huge. We know we have a huge Canadian listenership, Mark, and people should know that they do ship to Canada, Love it. which is a great thing. So they ship throughout North America. And I know, Mark, that knowing that you were going to go out and get one for yourself. Oh,
0: absolutely. And I know the answer to this next question, but I want you to tell this story because, uh, uh, you know, what the reaction was from people who saw you on the bike.
1: Well, uh, uh, people. first of all, you know, like I said, the reaction is universally, oh my gosh, what is that? I love it. Uh, Tell me about it. The funny thing was because Michael and I were we're, we're riding in my local neighborhood in Woodland Hills, and we have this highly reactive neighborhood watch, which kind of drives me a little bit crazy. It's like, look, you see people walking out of a house, two people carrying a television out of a house, and it's sort of nighttime and no one's around. Yeah let people know. But Michael and I were just, we were riding these, you know, the Super 73 and the Rose Ave Edition up into the hills where I live, and then we'd stop, and I'd share my thoughts, and we'd talk, and we were yapping while we were riding. Well, apparently, it put up some red flags on my neighborhood watch. You know, two adult white males (laughs) going around on their custom motorbikes, on their custom bikes, which I thought was great. So, of course, we had to mention in the, you know, hey, it's okay. I'm just testing, you know, these brand new lithium cycle Super 70. So, I had to give them a plug to the neighborhood watch, because uh, Uh, Obviously, it stirred up a little controversy in the area. Who are these guys with their really cool bikes riding around (laughs) the neighborhood? So to all neighborhood watches out there, just relax. Let people go on their rides. If we're stopping and talking, that doesn't mean we're, you know, we're sort of scoping out your home. You thugs. (laughs) Local Woodland Woodland Hills thugs on their very beautiful lithium cycle bikes. We stirred up quite a controversy. But, yeah, uh, people see them, aside from the people that call, you know, we're – you know, active on the neighborhood watch people stopped us. People were watching them saying, Oh my God, they look incredible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they ride great. They answered all of my questions, which is how would it feel? The quality, the acceleration, I couldn't be more impressed and couldn't be more grateful that Michael took these bikes up from Tustin to come visit me here in Woodland Hills.
0: So, uh, you know, youtube.com slash your tech report to see the first ride on the Super Seventy three, as we said, YouTube.com slash your tech report. Uh, lots of videos going up there. I mean, we're trying to do what? We said I like, two, three videos a week. We're trying to get some really cool products because we get a lot sent to us. And it's funny because um, the stuff that's sent to us that I, I'm I'm okay with sending back and I understand I love giving stuff away. That's great. But there's certain products, Mitchell, that I just I can't I don't wanna let go because I use them from the moment that they get in my hands and And it happened what 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 I didn't want happen happened. I got this email. I got this email from LG Mobile saying, Hey, can you please send back that pre production LG G six that we sent you um like six, seven months ago? You know, there's a certain period of time when you're in this business where you think, Oh, they haven't they haven't emailed us in a while. They're not gonna want this product back. We can give it away or we can, you know, never part with it and that G six, Mitchell Oh, they want it
1: back. You know what? That, first of all, this is very cruel of them because you know how they say. You know, if you take in an animal, the second you name it, okay, now now it's yours. After six months, you had named that phone. After it isn't like that. You know, they t- after a week they wanted it back. Okay, you can't get that. Atta- six or seven months. You're not just attached. This is mine. You're not getting it back. So, I mean, yes, that is very cruel. Remind me to take that up with Frank next time we talk to him. That is a very cruel move by LG, a company that we really like. Trust me,
0: I will take it up with them. And you know what? I've been looking for things that are of equal weight that I can put in the box and return <laughs> the- and just say, oh, you know what? Something must have happened. I guess the UPS or the FedEx guy, I guess they, oh, maybe they dropped it or something happened. Maybe I could find like an old shattered iPhone <laughs> and bash it up. And uh, No, I will I will return the LG G6 and and, and much to much. My- Device. Much Great to my device, dismay, um, yeah. I've got a bunch of products that are that are, that are we're going to be posting on YouTube in the coming weeks. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about a couple of them, and one of them is uh, Fleur One. This company, if you recall, uh, about a, two years ago, they released the original FLIR one, which was this attachment to your iOS device. At that point, it wasn't an Android version, um, and it gives you a thermal camera in your hands. I mean, these are you know the equivalent of thermal cameras. You'd have to spend thousands of dollars, and people in the home renovation industry they go out and spend thousands of dollars on these thermal cameras. I remember when they sent it to me, I'm like, you know, well, what am I going to use this for? So number one, not only did I use it to find the cold spots and hot spots of my house and fix those things, I fixed my insulation in my attic by adding more when I realized there was a lot of air leakage there. Um, I actually found a water leak that I didn't, I probably wouldn't have found for months, and it would have been a disaster had I not just happened to be using this. I remember walking through my kitchen going, there's a spot on my ceiling. I'm like, look kind of weird, something was off. And and I said, you know what, let me pop my thermal camera on and I did and I noticed that it was colder there and I realized there was a whole area that water had been dripping in who knows for how long and thankful, thankfully because of the camera I was able to identify it and actually repair it obviously lots of damage caused but they released a new version of the FLIR 1 it's called the FLIR 1 Pro, again thermal imaging camera, they have a version for iOS and a version for Android now because of the different connectors that are out there this is a, a USB Type-C connector Um, way quicker um, way more features we're going to do a complete unboxing on our YouTube channel again youtube.com slash your tech report and we're going to show you not only what comes in the box but we're going to put it to use in the office here and at home and show you how you can get hands on and I'm talking about a product that's under $200 that could really really save you in, in lots of instances and of course help you know prevent stuff that's going on
1: I mean, this this is this is the best use of technology. I mean, we talk about how much we love gear. We love gear in general, but when it actually is a purpose built device that can help you with something like that, it's a good. And I, I actually used the original version, and I didn't I didn't find anything in my house. I was just like you know looking at my thing. hand and my foot. Uh, yeah, no, it really it's 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 a fantastic fantastic device. And you know this is the whole thing. We're we're coming up with technology now that allows you to add other features. I mean, look at the iPhone. iPhone started off as just this really fantastic. A cool device and now it's become our everything and people are building attachments for it that make it even more purposeful so yeah, I, I, I love that and Mark, you know, you're not the only one who has, has upcoming videos
0: What do you got? You know, what do you got?
1: Tell The folks at Nintendo were kind enough to send me the new 2DS XL, cool. basically the answer to the new and improved 3DS XL but without the 3D technology built in and for a lot of people that don't want or need the 3D or they have younger users or they have issues with their eyes that doesn't allow them to see the 3D there are many reasons to have this product out there, and I'm going to be doing a comparison between the new 2DS XL and the new 3DS XL. That's one of my upcoming videos. And Mark, don't we also have my Funko haul all, how I shamed myself at Comic Con by too. pulling in all that cool gear. So I mean, we have a lot of stuff coming to the channel that's already probably might have already launched on the channel again, depending on when you're listening to this. So uh, it's definitely worth coming. We 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 put at least two videos up a week. We have a lot of new content, and Mark, let's not forget we have a lot of really big giveaways.
0: Yes, we do. And uh, you know, I did find a replacement for the G6. You know, this is what happens, though. This is what happens. You take away a phone from me, and I'm gonna have to find an Android replacement, and that is gonna be the uh, the Moto Z2 Play because they said me that to review and and i know they're gonna want this one back too but uh you, you know, really like
1: that phone though it's very modular it lets you again build it to be anything you want it to be right
0: well you know i had the new jbl speaker uh the new power pack um i still have the hasselblad moto mod that i could just pop on there for for great images so i'm gonna to have to see how long they're gonna let me keep this one here this is me putting on the jbl speaker Oh, beautiful!
1: That, and it's built with magnets, right? It has a, you know, and the magnet actually attaches. The magnets, it right? It's
0: got the sixteen adapters in the back. It's got everything oh. going on. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Anyhow, YouTube.com/slash/yourtechreport. Check out our videos, like them, subscribe. That way, you can get in at all our future giveaways and all the cool videos that we post there. Still a great show lined up for you guys. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to the folks over at Bionic. Um, Mitchell had a great experience with them over at uh, San Diego Comic Con or was that E3 sorry E3 E3. I'm I'm trying to you know catch up you you get to go to to all the fun shows Mitchell it's not fair Uh, and of course our good friends over at Van Hawks a very cool Toronto based company have a smart bike of their own not an e-bike a smart bike how does a bike get smart well stick around and you will find out he is Mitchell Whitfield I am Marco Flalo. Thanks for sticking around. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. And of course, our website is, you guessed it, YourTechReport.com. Back in a moment.
3: There's more Your Tech Report after this.